When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. And Larry Nance Jr. Thanks for coming on, Larry. I saw you were getting quite mad on social media the other day at a couple of lorries or a couple of trucks where <laughs> they were blocking you on the freeway. Have you have you calmed down from that now? <laughs> I, I've calmed down, yeah. I was making my my annual migration from, I, in, in the summertime, I stay in Cleveland, Ohio. That's where I'm from. So I was making my annual uh, migration down to New Orleans for the season. They definitely made my drive just a little bit longer. I mean, it's classed as impeding traffic, which is generally illegal, which you'll probably know from your, your criminal justice days as well. It, <laughs> it is true. You know, if I, if I had my badge on me, I would have, I would have for sure. But, you know, for, I, 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 you know, chose a different career path. The criminal justice thing. So was that like a, a specific route that you wanted to go down if, if it did all kind of not work out with basketball? Uh, so for me, I actually, I, I grew up watching like Law and Order SVU and all those type of shows, crime shows with my mom. Um, that's just what we love to do. And so I, I always just felt that I resonated most with like the lab technicians. So what I wanted to do was be uh, forensics and dip samples and, and, and fingerprints and all that type of stuff. So that, that's what I got my degree for. So we're going to talk about your basketball career, first of all, and like, to be totally honest, our basketball knowledge is absolutely appalling. Is it, and is that, is that fair, Rocco, with you as well? Uh, yeah, sort of. I, I was a bit of a basketball fan in the mid-90s when I was, like, still at primary school. I, I liked Utah Jazz for some reason. And John Stockton, do you remember him, Larry? Uh, so, funny enough, my dad, so I'm Larry Nance Jr. My dad, Larry Nance, played 13 years in the NBA and, and had some good battles against John Stockton and Carl Malone. Cal Malone, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he scored all the points and Stockton set him up. That's exactly what it is. I think Carl Malone's number three in points scored in history and Stockton, no one will ever touch his assist record. Yeah, well, that's the end of my knowledge, but that's good. Good start. <laughs> oh, cool. So it's just me that doesn't know anything about basketball, then by the sounds of it. So like, my knowledge goes as far as I watched Hang Time as a kid, which was like a, a, like a kid's sitcom. And I used to play NBA Jam as well, which was what a game that was. There we go. There we go. No, it's, it's uh, so funny enough. I, I, I would say I'm a little bit the opposite of you guys. So I actually, my basketball knowledge now, of course, has got to be, it's got to be good. But I, I would say I watch more and I'll use the term, I'll use the term football. We're on, you know, we're on your, we're on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, Thank I watch, you. I watch way more football than I do basketball. Way more. You class as like a center power forward. Is is that the right the right terminology? And for like anyone who doesn't or hasn't watched it, because there'll be plenty of people that haven't, if I'm honest. And that's kind of a close to the basket role where you look to score in the paint, which is the paint between the free throw line and the hoop. Is is that is that right? The point guard is the guy that that handles the ball most of the time, does a lot of the shooting and passing. John Stockton. Uh, the, the the shooting guard is again like a Devin Booker type role, more really a really good shooter at space of the court. 
Uh, the three, the small forward is kind of, you know, uh, the guy you can think of as LeBron, a little bit do-it-all type player. And, and uh, whereas the four and five often are the bigger guys. So when you see like the seven footers, those are going to be centers. And um, the guys that are really tall. So for me, I'm, I'm one of the taller guys on the court. Therefore, I'm either power forward or a center, depending on who I'm playing with. I watched quite a few clips and you sort of gather the rebounds, both attacking and defensively. They're kind of like a sort of a box-to-box midfielder if we were to compare that in football terms, I guess. So funny enough, I've actually, I've actually found myself, I've, I, I've resonated with the six. It's kind of like, that's, that's kind of my play style is like that, that of a six in football is, is, is uh, not a lot of the glory, but does a lot of the little things that just makes the team run smooth. And that, uh, that's very much so my role. You, your career so far, so you were, you were drafted for the LA Lakers and then you went on to play for Cleveland Cavaliers, Portland Trailblazers, and now you're at the New Orleans Pelicans. Your season starts in a, a few weeks. So we were talking about this before, but you're in intense training at the moment, or you're starting training to get back in for the season. So how are the legs? Uh, they're good. They're good. It's been, it's been a long off season of, of, uh, you know, some good working out. So my legs are nice and strong and, and, you know, it's just, um, you know, you just got to get the rest of your body used to all that, that running, you know, we play the way our schedule works is we're on for about six or seven months every year and we play 82 regular season games. So it's maybe three or four games a week. And so it's, it's pretty taxing and your body's got to be really ready for it because there's no, um, you know, there's no buildup. It's when it starts, it's three, four games a week until you're done. So it's, um, you just got to make sure your body's really ready to handle it. How do you think it compares then to being a professional footballer? Because obviously the, the fitness is different. You're playing a lot more games, but you get a lot more rest time. And obviously you're not running as far distances. And you're probably not sp- sprinting all that much as well. Would that be right? Oh, yeah. I I, I mean, our court, our, the, our court is so small that... I don't really ever get to a sprint. Um, but no, I, in terms of comparing the, the, I, those guys, the professional footballers, I wouldn't trade for their schedule ever. Those guys, they play all year round and then the level of fitness they have to maintain is, I mean, most of them play a full 90 minutes. I mean, for me, our games are 48 minutes long and I play about 25 to 30 minutes a game and so with, with breaks in between. So, you know, it's granted, it's, we play a, a lot more often, but those guys, I think they've got to be a much more much more, much better shape than us. How, how long is your season then? How many months does it span for? About six to seven months, um, depending on how six, if you're not that good of a team, and then it can go up to eight or nine if you're the best. I was watching, like, like I mentioned before, I was watching some of your, your dunks. And my daughter walked in the other day and was, I was watching them and she saw, I think she saw the one of you, was it versus Lopez? Um, and I think that the terminology is you put him on a poster. Is that right? I had to Google what that even means. That was like on the, because <laughs> it's like, oh, so that means embarrass someone usually while slamming the ball over their head. And uh, it was pretty impressive dunk that one. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's, a, that's, that's basically what I'm known for. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm uh, you know, a tall guy. I jump, I jump real high. Um, yeah, obviously slam dunks is kind of who I am and what I do. So um, the term put him on a poster is like, you know, it, yeah, I, I don't know if, I don't know if they do it for football, honestly, but uh, for basketball players, like growing up, I had a poster, like what a poster, uh, like a picture of my dad, on my wife, uh, Kevin Durant, a picture of all these guys. And like, that's kind of the term where it comes from is like, someone's going to take a picture of that and put it on a poster in their wall. So you put them on a poster. I think we need to do that with some, some of the Leeds things, maybe some Pablo Hernandez nutmegs or something. 
I mean, my daughter, so my daughter saw it and she was like, she'd never really watched basketball. She, she was watching and she was then hooked on it and was amazed by it. But she said to me afterwards, she was like, so are we LA Lakers fans now? And I was, I was like, well, cause like I've drilled it into her that she's a Leeds fan. I mean, I, I, whether that's good parenting or not, I don't know. But so then she was like, well, now we're Lakers fans cause we're, we're watching them. You're watching them. I said, well, no, like Larry, Larry he, he's a Leeds fan. <laughs> so where he goes, we're going to support him now. <laughs> but I had to teach the other way around. Then I kind of landed on, well, you know, that's kind of how some of the US men's national team fans are. You know, they just follow their, they follow the players around and we'll probably come on to the US men's national team discussion. But so w- when did you actually become a, a Leeds fan? So for me, I was, it, for me, it really starts with, it really starts with how I got into football. I played all growing up, all growing up, and then eventually got too big. I got about, once I hit about six, seven, six, eight, they tried to put me as a, as a keeper. And, uh, you know, I figured I might as well pick up a basketball. So, uh, from that point, I, I really just started watching it more and more now that I couldn't play. And, and truth be told, I fell in love with Samuel Atoe, who, who became my favorite player still is. And, and that, you know, being perfectly honest with you, led me to Chelsea, who was a, the, my original first, like, that's just kind of who I gravitated to was Samuel Eto'o. And my love for football really just took me into wanting to be involved more, right? Like, obviously, I knew I can't have an active role and I can't, you know, do scouting or anything like that. But I knew, you know, I, I would love to get in the ownership side and, and you know, really put, really put, you know, my, my, my money behind them, my passion. And, and yeah, I had, I had a few different opportunities for, you know, if you can. English teams that have been bought by Americans over the past few years, I had just about an opportunity to get involved with the rest of those and even Chelsea and just didn't love, didn't love it. Didn't really see myself in those teams and see myself in, in, see myself buying into them. And then, and then when the Leeds opportunity came along, it was like, oh man, this is, that's why I, I flew over before I, before anything really happened, I flew over and, and, um, you know, toured Ellen Road and, and walked all around, walked all around Leeds and was just like, you know, this, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And like, this just feels like, it just feels like it's more me than any, than any of the opportunities that presented themselves. I did. I, I, and I, I'm over the moon. I made the right decision and I'm just, you know, I, I, I've got, I've got my whole scarf behind me. I forgot that was there. And now I'm seeing it. So I'm like, and just an absolute diehard. What was the difference then, Larry, with Leeds? What was it that resonated so much with you? You know what it was? It was when I got, so I've been to London a bunch, been to Manchester a bunch, been just, I, I love watching football. So I would go over every year on um, little hooligan tours and go to four games and four nights and five games and five nights and three games and three nights and do it. I've probably been over 11, 12 times now at this point and 20 plus different stadiums. So the thing I noticed about like walking around Leeds and going to Ellen Road was just the fact that like, I like to talk to people, right? So if I'm, if I was just, there's a kind of like little outdoor indoor mall, I don't know what it's called, but it's very cool. We're just kind of walking through there and people were just so friendly, very nice and just very nice. And like, it just seemed like a genuine, a genuine group of people. And for me, that's everything. I, I, I try to get involved in the community with everything I do. And so community has a lot to do with the decision. And so that was the original thing that drew me to it. You know, drew me to it. It wasn't just the club, but more so the city of, of, of Leeds as well. But the people were the biggest thing. Did you, did you know much about the history of the club at that stage then? 
So at that point, I did not, you know, just being honest with you, I didn't, I was, I, I didn't, I had no, then again, we'll get to this, but like, I'm sure we'll get to this, but you know, I had known, obviously I'm, I'm, I follow, I follow, you know, follow some of the U.S. men's national team players. So I knew and had watched a bunch of leads and, and, you know, playing against various Premier League clubs. And I knew the players because I know all the players everywhere and, and just study it like a little book nerd, like uh, that I am. It's, it's fascinating to me. really just spurred, spurred my knowledge of it. I read Phil Hayes' book uh, on the BLC years. I watched the, the Amazon Prime documentary. I, um, I forget who wrote it, but it's like a hundred years of Leeds United read that sitting by my bedstand table. Like I'm, I'm catching up and I'm, I'm learning my history and, and you know, but I'm fully invested now. It's great. I've got some books I'll send you, Larry. That'll help. <laughs> Devin, give me, give me some recommendations, whatever you got. Shows, books, audio books, podcasts. I listened to, I listened to this podcast, the square ball, um, inside Ellen road. I, anything that is put out there about any Leeds content, I listen to it and consume it every day. Nice. That's a bit unnerving that you listen to us. <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I absolutely, I literally just got off. I was driving home and I was just uh, listening to your guys' recap of the uh, Kittier inter interview. Oh, God. I'd had a few wines. <laughs> just, just, just a few. But, you know, hey, everybody's got their opinion. And it's, it's, it's just fun to hear them. To be honest, I, I, I'm selfishly, I'm quite glad that you lived and supported Leeds through this rough patch that we've had of dropping out because I think there's a few, again, we'll come on to US men's national team, but a few fans have kind of dipped their toe into Leeds United and then quickly got out. And I think you'll, you'll probably, you'll suffer like the rest of us have, which means you'll probably enjoy the high times when they, when they come again. Yeah. For me, like, yeah, for me, I, you know, obviously again, we'll, we'll, we'll pink We'll talk about it. You know, most, most American fandoms very fickle in that way and, and very player, player first and, and such as, such as American sports. But for me, that's not why I got involved and why I'm so passionate about English football and, and Leeds specifically is not the, is not Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson and Weston McKinney and, and, and all the Americans that have come through. It's not that. It's the, it's, it's sitting there sitting there at West Brom attempting to sing, marching on together with everybody and like looking around and going like, this is, we have nothing like this in America. It's, it's, it's just my favorite thing to do every summer, once, twice, three times I go over and watch as many games like, because of the atmosphere and the fans and just, it's, it's, ah, it's my favorite. It truly is. What were your thoughts on Ellen Road? Because it's, it's a bit of a dump, but it's our dump. We, we're fond of it. Honestly, it's the, it, so you caught the time I got to see, I was going like few chapters of, of hundred years of, of Leeds United and how, you know, how it's was, how it was sold, bought again, sold, you know, bought it and just like all the kind of history of it. And so for me, it was, it, I don't know. I, I thought it was super, it was charming. Um, of course, it's not something that I, I've been to, I've been to three times. So it's not like yeah. something I have to, that I frequent and I would love to, but schedule won't allow, but you know, obviously it's, it's it's something that, you know, needs to be brought to speed. And I think the group that the, the, the group knows that and that's, um, all that's over my head, but you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It well, is just, I, yeah. I do have to duck through just about every doorway. I've been to Boston Red Sox. Is it Fe Fenway Park? Yeah. So that's obviously like a really historic old stadium, which they've managed to like maintain like 
How have they done that? I mean, is, is that still classed as a, a high tech stadium? Is it, it like that? Presumably, it's been renovated, but it's managed to yeah keep its keep its charm. Yeah, no. So that's any any stadium that really has rich history over here, we leave alone, right? So Fenway Park, we leave it alone. Uh, Madison Square Garden, you leave it alone. Um, even the Boston Garden, you know, just just a few. Um, United Center in Chicago, where Michael Jordan won all his championships, like the the seating the fan seating area has been been renovated but like the inner guts of the stadiums are still the same still the same because you don't really want to you don't really want to touch it yeah no that, that that'll reassure a lot of a lot of fans as well i mean i to be honest i struggle with leg room in ellen road when i sit down and i'm five foot, i'm gonna say 10 i'm definitely not five foot 10 like it must have been tight in the director's box for you it must have been just they they did a great job and gave me like the aisle seat, so I got to dangle That's my good. and you. So you've worn the number twenty two jersey your entire career, and your your dad Larry Nance, he he also wore that jersey for the Cavaliers, and they they obviously retired that shirt as well and brought it back for you, which is really nice. But Archie Gray at Leeds, he's number twenty two. There's a lot of parallels between you and you know both your dads played for. The clubs like Andy Gray played for Leeds United. So what do you think about him as a player? And, you know, 17 and there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Honestly, my, my biggest thing, so my view of, my, my, my view of sports and is, is a little different because I look at it through, through a, a lens of someone that gets this as an athlete, right? So for yeah, me, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I am, I cannot imagine being on that big of a stage. I can't even fathom I can't even fathom. So the fact that he's doing what he's doing and, and just looks so composed is, is, is shocking because at 17, I was, I was like playing dodgeball in gym class, you know, you know, to be, you know, to be playing for you know, a top tier championship side, looking to get promoted is, is, is just incredible. I mean, when he made his full debut, I made sure to message him. It was like, Hey, congratulations, man. It's just really, really cool stuff. You know, obviously, you know, I, I'm, I'm partial to him as he wears the 22 also. How does it feel how, for, well, obviously you've got an experience of the, like a family legacy, you know, trying to uphold that. I mean, does that put you a lot of extra pressure on you or do you think it gives you, you know, a bit like obviously Archie's got a lot of goodwill towards him because of his family name. So you could look at it either way, I guess. Is it a bit of both? It is a bit of both. Um, it is a bit of both. So I, you know, obviously like my dad played, my dad's jersey is retired in Cleveland. So, you know, when we retired jerseys, because that player was so good for your organization that you, nobody ever gets to wear that number again. So it's, it's a huge honor. And, and the only reason I got to wear it is because I'm, you know, I have the same name and I'm his son. So he, I, I have permission to wear it. But, you know, with something like that, there's so much good that comes from it. You know, just in, you get you know, like the goodwill you're talking about. And, you know, there's stories are just, you know, storybook and it's very cool, but it also comes with um, a lot of expectation and, and um, a lot of added pressure and a lot of, you know, look, you have a good game and people are like, oh man, just like his dad, you have a bad game and people are like, he's only here because of his dad. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, the only thing that I, the only bit of advice that I would even have for not just him, but any athlete is just like, look, you can go online and find someone that thinks I should be the MVP of the NBA. You can also find someone that thinks I should have never picked up a basketball. Neither one of them matter as long as you're, you know, as long as you're following what you're, you know, your coach, that's all you can worry about. 
basketball players get as much stick on Twitter as footballers do. Oh yeah, very, yeah. very, absolutely. Can be brutal, can't it? It's like we. That's one thing we all often talk about on podcasts. Is just we just don't agree with the kind of hate towards players because it's not good for anyone. Right. I mean, look, it's part of the fan experience. Is to, is to you know, there's highs, there's lows, there's being happy with the player, there's being mad at a player. But and you know, for me, you can talk to me about basketball. You can have say your say um, about basketball. I you can say what you want, and I don't care. Right. Like. But the, the, where it's for me, where people, what really gets under my skin is like, if you talk about something outside of basketball that you have no right to speak, right? My family, anything like that. Now we got a problem. But basketball, you can say I'm, you can say I'm horrendous and horrific and just anything you decide to choose. And it's just a fan. You know, it's, 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 it's just part of the being. It's, it's, what is fan short for? Fanatic, you know, so, you know, fanatics are up and down and that's, that's part of the experience, but in terms of, you know, the like personal abuse and stuff like that, now that's where over the line, talk about, talk about somebody playing football, talk about somebody playing basketball all you want. That's never going to get our minds. Who has a fanatic of Leeds United, who's your favorite player? Ooh, is that, is, am, am I allowed to say that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Gosh. So if I had to pick a favorite player, it, it, it'd probably be Liam Cooper at the moment. I, I think I, I think that's, that's a leader right there. In my eyes, like, I think that is a true captain and a leader. The fact that everything was, you know, for me, what sealed it was, what really sealed it was how he handled this, this window and, 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 you know, the, you know, and, and last year, you know, obviously the quote that came out, I'm not going to repeat it, but I just, I just love everything about it. Cause it is true. Like either you're with us or you're not with us and, and make the decision and, you know, we'll, we'll rock what we got the locker room. But, you know, even, even, I think it was, it was game one, game one was Cardiff this year. Yeah. Where he, uh, you know, even sacrificing his body, right? Uh, got up and won the big header to, uh, to put us back, you know, put us back, what, 2-1. And then, uh, but sacrificed his body doing it, right? And so now he's, you know, obviously out a little bit, but I just think that's a true, that's a true Warriors captain. And I just, That'll be hopefully, hopefully next time I get over there, I'd love to, I'd love to get it, get a shirt signed for him, put it up on my wall. I think he's, he's my favorite player. I think um, I'm glad you said that because we always stick up for Liam because he is our captain and he's been through thick and thin and it's a miracle that he's still playing for the club. When you look back, he's, he's, he's been under so many managers at Leeds and he's still, he's come through and he's, you know, he did steer us out of the championship in the Premier League before and yeah, he, des- he deserves the accolades in our eyes. So how do you think we've been playing so far this season? I mean, obviously it's, it's so hard again. I'm going to, yeah, you're, you're good. I guarantee you're going to hate what I have to say because it's going to be so media trained, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just so hard because, you know, during speaking from a player's perspective, when you don't necessarily know who you're going to be lining up next to night in and night out, it's really hard to maintain cohesiveness and, and maintain a level of togetherness. It's, it's really hard. And so I thought. I thought getting through the window the way the guys did and, you know, obviously Ipswich was, I was, you know, sitting on my couch having an absolute ball. And to be fair, I, th- I actually thought the result against West Brom, we deserved more, but a draw that match was with everything had, that had just come out and happened. I, I was, you know, pretty pleased. So I think, you know, to be fair with everything we dealt with, I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy, you know, like everyone said, like I keep hearing, you know. Farks, uh, the, the Norwich side had the same amount of points, right? Or was that Burnley? 
companies Burnley have the same amount of points. Right? Burnley, yeah. Burnley, yeah. So. I agree. To be fair, you know they're, they're they're playing well. I'm I'm pretty calm about it. And, and Faka did say, you know, August is going to be tough. You know, we just need to get some points on the board. And I think he'd be pretty happy with the with the total we've got. And it's such a long season. And like you say, you know, the the cohesion and the togetherness in the camp. It's very very different now from even I, I went to Oslo for the Man United friendly, and you know, it's just a friendly. But like that was a a bit of galling, like how badly we played, like we didn't really do anything. And I just, I got a really bad feeling then, but it's completely turned around since then, you know, now I'm, now I'm feeling like we're, we're primed and, and ready to, ready to push. No, I love it. I love it. Especially, you know, bringing in the guys we brought in, like just, we didn't really, you know, didn't really get to have good long training sessions with full teams. So you know, hopefully this international break is good for the guys and they get to actually train together and, and, you know, learn where everybody's best at. So I'm, 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 I, as a fan for me, I'm just naturally optimistic, but that's where I'm at right now. I'm super optimistic. And I think these guys are, are going to pull it together. And I've got the utmost confidence in, 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 in our manager. It's good that we've got your optimism because Rothko is usually the most pessimistic man on earth. <laughs> like I said, I've listened to you guys. I know. We get so many people messaging us just basically saying how pessimistic Rocco is, but I like your pessimism well, because that's, I'm, you know, well, it's not pessimism. It's kind of like, that's how fans are feeling. So, you know, that's fine. I'm just emotionally scarred and don't forget, <laughs> I did predict we'd win the league, so I'm not that pessimistic. I, I have yeah. my moments, that's for sure. That's true. That's, we, look, we all do. Interested to get your point of view about the summer as well, because, I mean, we knew that players were going to leave and that was going to be a tough thing for us to all go through, but. Were you kind of shocked at the, the volume of players that were just able to go out on loan? So in terms of, I, I know nothing, right? In terms of the, in, in the inner workings of the club, I'm, I know nothing. But just from a fan's perspective, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I, truth be told, I was, I thought more would go, honestly, right? Like I thought, I thought for sure Nanto was gone. I, I thought he would have been the first one out the door. I thought he's, you know, his, he's, I mean, an Italian international at 19 is, it's, 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 you know, nothing to scoff at. So I, I'm pretty pleased with, with the people that we retain, but you know, obviously the guys that left, it, you know, it, it, it to down to the championship, you would have just thought, yeah, I mean, we're going to lose a few of these guys, but, um, retaining the guys that we did and bringing the talent that, that, uh, was necessary. I feel great about it. I truly do. You can kind of understand it from a player's point of view and you can probably tell me differently, but when you look back to your LA Lakers day, and then sort of trading you as well. I suppose you have to, players also have to consider themselves and like their career is short and you can kind of understand it as well of, of them thinking about themselves because clubs do see you as an asset and they do think, well, we can go over here and get someone better. Yeah, I mean, from an, from an athlete's perspective, it's like, look, our, the, our, in our career field, in our career path, right? Like if I went to school and really did something with my forensics degree, you know, I've got a, I've got a 40 year when, as an athlete, I have granted, yes, you know, the pay skills just, just a little different, but, um, as a, as an athlete, you know, our, our window is, you know, a lot of times if we're lucky, like I just looked something up, there are 500 guys in the NBA, only 10% of those guys have, will ever play over 10 years. So it's, it's a, our windows are very small, right? So when you talk about something like, um, when you talk about something like wage reduction and something like that going down to the championship, these guys window to make money is so small. So I'm, I'm so very less, 
I'm super lean when it comes to guys going to get, you know, going to get paid and, and for money and stuff like that. Cause I understand it. And obviously over here in America, it's a little bit different than in England. Like a lot of times players, we have players that are bigger than clubs here, bigger than teams, right? Like, you know, if it, you can go on social media, and I guarantee you the Lakers or the Cavs or the Pelicans or the Trailblazers have players that have more followers and have more of a following than the actual teams themselves. So that's something that's not, that's, that's kind of different and unique. You guys are unique in a sense that like, no, the clubs and the history is so rich and it's such an absolute way of life to be a Leeds fan is, is that no, no players bigger than the club. Well, the club, the team will go on and it's Americans don't really have that over here. So it's, it's, I just see it from a different, from a unique perspective or from the athlete's perspective as like, yeah, you know, I, I have sympathy for him, you know, I have sympathy for him. Yeah. It's, I think nowadays as well, like the money is so big. And so the difference is, is huge, you know, back in, you know, when I was a kid in the nineties, you know, the difference between playing, you know, first division or premier league was, you know, maybe a couple of thousand pounds a week, but nowadays, you know, it's way beyond inflation. You know, you're talking, you know, massive, massive money, uh, you know, just per week. And then, yeah, you look at like the Saudi Arabian thing and you're looking at players and, you know, they're, they're having the morals question, but at the end of the day, you know, look at the good that they could do with that money, you know, by taking that move and, you know, maybe people have different motives, but yeah, the money is so massive now. It's, it'd be very, very difficult to turn, to turn down. The, yeah. It's a decision for your family as well. You know, players might want to stay and they might feel romantic feelings towards staying at Leeds and, and getting us back up. But you know, a lot of them have a duty uh, as well. Right. And again, you never know, you never know the motives, just like you said. So, it, you know, I, I, again, as the optimist in me is, I, I try to be very lenient when it comes to judging someone on their on their want for a move. Yeah. And, and we've obviously talked about this and we said we'd come to it and now we're here, but what, so what were your thoughts on Mars, Aronson, Adams and McKenney? So I think a lot of it's, it's quite good to clear this up actually, because I think a lot of people probably thought, oh, well, Larry's got involved in the club because there's a, there's a lot of US contingency getting involved, loads of US players. Hey, look, do I want the very best for all those guys? Absolutely. Right. I want, I want to see all of them succeed because they're American, right? I would love for the U.S. men's national team players to do great. Um, I, I, I root for them and follow them all social media and, and, you know, want them to do well. But at the end of the day, if that's not why I, it's not why I invested. That's not why I'm here. I'm here because I want to, I want the experience and I want to be a fanatic. I want to be diehard. I want to be waking up if we play in LA, I want to be waking up at 4.30 in the morning before the game to watch the match. Like that's, that's what I want. And that's, I want the, I want the parody of it to go, uh, hopefully not down, but you know, the, the, to go up and down and ride the waves and be uh, emotional about it. And that's, that's what I want, right? The fact that the Americans were here wasn't, had nothing to do with me getting it. Um, and I can't, I can't say the same. I cannot speak for everybody, but for me, I want Brendan Harrison to do great. I want Tyler Adams to, I, I want him to do well at Bournemouth. I still do. I want Weston McKinney, who was at, he's still at Juventus, right? I want him to do well. You know, obviously I, you know, I, I know how they're perceived. I know how USMS national team fans are perceived here. And to be fair, I understand it, but that's not why I'm here. That's not who I am. And I'm, I just look forward to showing that I'm not average American fan of, of, you know, football knowledge and, and, and passion. 
It's a shame what happened, really, because, you know, I think we were quite excited, really, about the American influx because, like, from a business point of view, you know, it does make sense for Leeds to try and crack America. And if the whole of America was behind Leeds because we had so many US players and a manager and owners, then, you know, all the better for the club. But it just, yeah, it, it went so badly wrong. And I think it's been pretty damaging for both sides, really, in the end. Uh, there are definitely some scars on both sides, but... You know, again, I, I think it's, is there, there's not, there's not an American left. Is, you guys just per you, we just purred all the Americans. We're all, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like we've, we've taken the money, got, got rid of everything else. No, it's true. I want Jack to do well at Everton. That's just, you know, that's the dual side. That's see that that's the dual side of fan of me is like, look, I'm a, I'm a, am I a lead supporter? Absolutely. But I'm also an American. So I, I want to see all our guys succeed and, and. You know, now look, if now when, when we play Bournemouth again, I'm, I'll be the first one standing up and cursing out Tyler Adams. But <laughs> then, when he's not, then when he's not playing, when he's playing against us, or when he's not playing against us, go Tyler Adams. You know, that's, that, that's where I lie with the situation. We were obviously talking prior to the takeover announcement that 49 Enterprises were coming into Leeds. And it was a massive milestone for the club. You know, I think people wanted answers when we had the end to last season relegation and uh, yeah so you're invested in the the 49ers enterprises who are now sole owners of Leeds United and was that through is it big league advantage uh, that that would that yeah that's the investment that I that I got involved through yes and there's like Michael Phelps Justin Thomas Jordan Spieth so some quite well well-known athletes and sports people are there as well and I think um British people and Leeds fans as well definitely are are skeptical because the you know the football club is sacred and uh, we've had so many bad owners through through our history that have kind of just taken money out of the club and not really tried to make a success of it. And so do you see yourself as like an investor or a fan primarily and, and how, where does that kind of sit with you? So for me, I made my investment. I made my, again, I had opportunities to be with, you know, some different clubs and just did not, didn't feel the, just didn't feel the, didn't feel the passion for it. Mm -hmm. And I made my investment. Yeah. Would I love to make money? Absolutely. All of us would. But at the end of the day, for me, the investment is the community, right? Like I want, I want to be a Leeds fan. I want to be able to walk up in the Peacock and mingle and enjoy the, the, enjoy the atmosphere, right? For me, I, I don't know how many of the guys in our investment team have, um, I don't, I don't know their background in football, but for me, I'm an, an avid fan, an absolute diehard. So for me, my investment is in, in the passion of it, in the fandom of it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but for me, I would love to, you know, they're, they you know, owners come and go. I would love to stay, you know, a, 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 as, as an owner and, and, you know, whether we go up, whether we go down, whether we go down again, whether we go down again, whether we go up twice, you know, I, I, I want to be along for the ride as, and if I can't stay an owner, then I'll stay a fan, you know? So it, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is it for me. I'm, I'm a Leeds fan for life. And, and, you know, so I, that, that's where my investment came from, from a place of passion and a place of investment in, 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 in love of the game. You just like buying people beers, don't you? And the peacock. You know what? I, I did have to, are we going to get to that or no? Cause no, I you just, go for it. No, go for I, it. So I do have a, a very funny. Go for it. So yeah, we came, I brought my, brought my wife over 
And we were going to go to the West Brom match. And so we got in to Leeds that Friday morning. I think it was a Friday afternoon, I believe, right? Friday night. Friday, yeah, yeah Friday night. Friday night. And so we got in Friday morning, had, had, I think we had lunch at, not sure we had lunch at, but you know, just someplace we were walking around downtown. And so eventually her name is, I don't know her last name, but it, Katie, she had blue hair. We know Katie. Yeah. yeah. We know Katie. Okay. I, I need to look at her last name, but Katie. So I, I got to me and her were messaging a little bit, just like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come to the Peacock. Would love to hang with you guys and mingle for. And so we drove up and I met her there, me and my wife, and we sat down and started talking and just, it was just looking around. It was like, yes, like this is exactly what I wanted, right? I, this is what I wanted. This is the genuine atmosphere that I wish, truly wish that I could live in and be involved with everything. And, um, so I put, you know, just, you know, it's like six o'clock. We're going to get out of there at seven 30. The game starts at eight. So at six o'clock, put my heart card behind the thing. and was like, Hey, look, all these guys, they drink on me, you know, and it's, you know, it wasn't even supposed to be a, it, it really wasn't supposed to get out that it was me. Um, that wasn't the plan. It was just supposed to be a good time for Leeds fans. And, um, so we're just talking, taking pictures of a few people and, and hanging out. And I go to pay the tab and we're getting ready to head, head to the match. And so I hand him my card, American Express, classic American mentality. Everybody <laughs> takes American Express, right? So hand him American Express. You're like, oh, we don't, we don't take. Okay. So I look at my wife and she's got her Visa debit card, hand her that, hand them that. And they're trying to swipe it. Declined, declined, declined. And we're getting called. Like I got, I'm trying to call our, our Visa company. Like, Hey, it makes sense why you declined it. By the way, we're in England. Can you approve this? And they, I'm not getting through to them. And so Katie just saves me from a world of embarrassment and so generously uh, put her card down for me. And put her car down for me and paid it. And obviously, obviously, you know, we squared up and I you know, paid her back via PayPal and all that good stuff. But it was a, it was like a two to three minute period where I was sweating bullets, <laughs> just nervous that I've just scammed all these people. And so Katie, Katie, if you're listening, thank you so much. You were an absolute saint. Um, and the next time I come over, I will be sure to call my car companies and let them know that I'm out of the United States. Oh, that's brilliant. I don't know. Well, we can't really top that story because I was just going to go back into questions. Uh, In terms of strategy from 49ers, do they kind of discuss that with the investors, like what their grand plan is? Was was it like a pitch and a presentation to everyone or how did did that work? Uh, We definitely had a, we definitely had had our pitches uh, made to us, but, you know, we're, we're kind of kept up to date as to, hey, we knew throughout the window, hey, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at this for this position and this for this position. We may lose this guy. And so we were getting updates as to, for the guys that wanted to follow closely, like, um, you know, myself and my good buddy, TJ McConnell, who played for the Indiana Pacers, me and him are, we text every day and, and just talking about it. It's strictly leads based. So we wanted to know if we made a call on someone. So we were getting updates on, you know, what was going on and, 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 um, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, it just living on the edge of our seats. So we knew, we knew a little bit of what, what we want, what uh, the group wanted to happen and who we were after. But in terms of like actually knowing what's going on, not really, no. So for the, for the long-term philosophy or strategy, like I found it quite interesting to read that it took them like 14 or 15 years to sort of fully cement the 49ers at the top of, top of the sport. 
So like, would it be acceptable to the investors if it took that long to get leads, you know, back sort of playing Europe where the fans expect to be? I mean, I think I'd be all right with that, but I'm not sure if most fans would. Look, for me, if it, if it, if it took 30 years, I'm, I'll hopefully I'll be here. My beard will be a little bit more gray, but I'll be here. But yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, that was, you know, it was discussed and I'm sure, you know, what I believe in is I believe in the people at the, right? Like we, you know, we've met with and, and had conversations with, and again, to my, I, I think I know everything there is to know about football, who we should sign, how we should play, who we should trigger the press on and the other team. Like, I think I know everything, but realistically, I know I don't, you know, I know I'm just a, a fan that, you know, thinks I know everything. But I do truly, I do truly trust the guys at the top to make the right decisions. And we've had these, we've had conversations with them. So, and, and our visions are aligned, right? Like they, they, yeah, they want to, they want the very best for the club because the very best for the club means the very best for us as well, which means the very best for you, right? So it's not just a, it's not just a, we weren't pitched a money grab. It's not that we weren't sold that. And if it was. Like I said, there were reasons that I didn't get involved in other teams because I, I don't, I do not want a money grab. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, I've invested a, a good chunk of money in it, but like for me, it's not about the money. And so that's what attracted me to this opportunity is the fact that there's a real desire to push the club forward. Yeah, that's genuinely good to hear. And I mean, I, I get that feeling as well from them and, you know, I've, you know, at the beginning of the summer, I was sort of saying, well, you know. You just sort of have to forgive and forget and just move on, give them a clean slate and see what they do on their own. But at times it's been quite challenging. And, you know, because of, like for me, I'm, a, I'm a bit concerned that, you know, the people, a lot of the same people are there, you know, Angus Kinnear and, and Parag was obviously around last season and you've invested in a club that, you know, clearly was, you know, not being run optimally, shall we say, you know, it's ended up getting relegated. So did you, did they have to sort of, convince you that things were going to be better? I think yes. Uh, the short answer is yes, but I think, and we were, we were briefed on everything that's happened since the takeover and, and yeah, it, it's, it's been tumultuous, right? Like there's, there's no, there's no short, there's no way of sweetening. It's, it's been tough and it's been, you know, what, what's always, what's always funny to me is like, and I do it as a fan as well. We're like, you know, why are, why are this? Why are that? Why are they not? And it's like, you better believe that like, it's a fan, right? Like as a fan, I'm panicking about it. It's their job, right? So like they are, if I think I'm panicked, they are work, right? They're working on it. They see it. And I, I think that from as a, as a Cavs fan growing up, like we got to get LeBron more help. And it's like, they know, they know they're trying. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough, right? It was a tough window with all the different clauses and whatnot that was in there. But I think to judge them on, on anything that happened before full ownership, because that I, I don't, and again, I don't know the inner workings of how things got there before, before, you know, I got involved. I have zero idea of what happened, but for me, I'm judging them based off of the team. This is your team. Now, this is what you've got after this window. Now let's see what you've got in us. But again, that's the optimist in me. That's the, that's the, I get to see a little bit behind the curtains in me. So, you know, I, I, I understand being definitely being hesitant. I understand it. And, and I think they do too. But I think the only thing that I would ask is to say majority means majority. And 
this is now the majority, right? Where I were, the windows closed and now we got what we got going forward. So, um, after this judge away and I, I certainly will be cool. Well, we thought we'd do some quick fire questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gauge your thoughts on these. So first one, Tottenham Hotspur stadium or Ellen Road. I've been to Spurs stadium. I'm gonna say Ellen road because what have they won? Next one, Jesse Marsh or Daniel Fark? Hey, hey, Rock, meet hard place. No, yeah. I get, give me Daniel Fark. Give me Daniel Fark. Great answer. Great answer. And uh, Ethan Ampadu or Archie Gray? That's, that's a harsh one. That. That's a really tough one. That's a really tough one. So it's funny. When you asked me who my favorite player was, I, I said Liam Cooper, and he is, but num- a close number two was Ethan Ampadu. Ethan Ampadu, because he, I, I've been... I've been, I've been paying attention to his, his development, you know, as interested in someone that like, I, I again, I, I'm partial to sixth position. So he, he kind of, I really like him and his game. He looks so good. Yeah. We've been really impressed with him, particularly like based on his value as well. And he just blotted in so easy and effortlessly. It was, he's, he's been, he's been with Lewis Cooper out. He's been my favorite for sure. And Pelicans or Cavaliers? Oh, that's just rude. That's. <laughs> That, that, that is just crucial. That is cruel. Yeah. Pels. Go Pels. This year, this year, we're going to stay healthy and the Pelicans are going to make some noise. And finally, a lead's going up this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah again, this Champ- is the fan Champ- of me speaking. Champions. <laughs> Champions runners up. Playoffs. This is, this is the fan of me speaking. And I'm not, I don't know one or two, but playoff, off. We're not dealing with it. Yeah, that's a bold statement. Although you said it as well, Rocco. So two confident people yeah. in, the, in the room, which is good. Well, look, look, it's an optimist. It, we got an optimist saying it. We got a pessimist saying it. It's good stuff. And I'm always just in the middle. So there we go. <laughs> Tenth, I think I said. I just wanted to ask Larry if he had enough power in the club to get my Bielsa book back in the club shop. Because <laughs> the previous owners stopped stocking Bielsa books for some unknown reason. Not just my own. Okay, you could take uh, that challenge, John. Is the... I think, you know what? I'll have to, first of all, I had to, I'll have to read it myself. Second, I don't, I, the only power I may have is I might be able to get, you have to bear with me. I might be able to get a Pell's, maybe a Pell's jersey, Pelican's jersey in the team store. That's about all I got. That's about, no, no. We'll have to, if you, if you get Pell's jerseys in there, we'll have to sew some books into the seams or something, Rocco, try and sneak them in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll send you them over, Larry. Anyway, you can have a read. Awesome. No, I, I would love to read it. I would love to read it. I'm, like I said, I'm in the process. It's been a full summer of consuming nothing but Leeds content. So I'm in. And a lot of long-term flights as well. Long-distance flights for you to, yeah. Back. Pass the time. So yeah, just to close it out, thanks for everything that you're doing in the Leeds community. I know everyone's been warming to you and we saw that you donated to the Square Ball for their charity walk as well. So that's all going to good cause, which I think was Andy's Man Club. So the first game of your season, is it Orlando Magic? Is that right? It is. The first game of our season, no, it should be the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, Are you looking forward to it? Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, it's like the opening season is like Christmas for me. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good stuff. Well, uh, we'll definitely be rooting for you this season. And uh, I really you. hope you can get over to a game over here again sometime soon, although it's probably going to be the end of your season, isn't it? And uh, maybe we could get over to... Uh, New Orleans sometime, you never know. Rocco, you travel the world quite frequently. Well, I'll keep it on my agenda. Here, let me know. Let me know. There's, a nice, there's a nice supporters bar here in New Orleans that I frequent. Nice. Oh, really? But yeah, thanks yeah, so much really. for joining us, Larry. It's a pleasure to have you on. 
Of course. Thanks for having me on. Network.